We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. It's 2022. We've got Greg with us, uh, Greg Chalmers, and we've also got Lou Stagner as well. How are you both doing, guys? You doing all right? Doing Doing great. Thank you, mate. Doing great. Cool. Cool. We're going to talk about Cam Smith shooting 34 under par recently in the PGA Tour event, I think in Hawaii. We'll talk about where it was in a second. Um, Yeah, is 34 under par too much under par? What does that mean for golf? If it means anything, let's discuss. Should be a fun one. So that's really my main question for both of you there today. Is 34 under par good or bad for golf? Or third option, does it really not matter? What What do you think? Uh, Lou, do you want to go first? 34 under par. You Are you watching that and throwing your slippers at the tally, thinking this is a joke? <laughs> uh, no, um, I don't mind. I mean, keep in mind it's a par 73. So it's yeah. a par 73 that's... 7,500 yards. It was no wind, soft conditions. Uh, and I also, on one of the broadcasts, they said that they had the stamp down at about 10 and a half uh, for fear yeah. of the wind uh, picking up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so I think all those things together, you put the best players in the world on a soft golf course with no wind. I don't care what it is. They're going to, they're going to play really well. So that, that's the, everything kind of came together. Perfect storm. Um, I'd be curious to get Greg's take on uh, green speed um, being the putter that he is. I'm curious what his thoughts are around putting on a 10 and a half um, with typical pin locations. I think sometimes when you look at green speed on the PGA tour, you'll see that, the slower the green speed, the worse the putting gets. But I think some of that is because they they have them slower at places like Riviera and Pebble, which are a different type of grass. It's a little bit bumpier. And with slower, uh, slower stimp, they seem to put them on slopes that are maybe a little bit tougher to putt on. So I, I think that contributes to why they putt worse on slower greens, but I don't think they did that at Kapalua. I think they just kept them in typical spots and the, and the greens were a little bit slower, but anyway, that's uh, my long winded answer to, I like 34 under. Yeah. You're a fan of it. Yeah. Uh, Greg, I don't mind what it. About the, yeah. Yeah. The points there with the greens that Lou's making, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. Slow as slow as always felt like it was more difficult to me. Um, in a, in a, to a point, uh, we just get so used to 12 
as yeah. the speed, the fastness of the greens, and we get so used to that. And it's always, you know how the commentators sometimes say, hey, you just got to start this online on a downhill putt. That always seems easier to me as a player than it does hitting a putt, you know, when you really have to whack something. Now, the advantage of slow is the chipping is infinitely easier. Um, You can chip the ball closer easier because it just... It's just easier to judge. It's not going to run out on you. It's always going yeah. to finish somewhere half decent, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, that that's my take on the speed of the greens. Uh, as a score, 34 under. This tournament, to me, felt like they played off the front tees. Uh, I mean, <laughs> okay. it, it really did. It was it was one of those t- events. If you really if you break it down and you take out, there's three par threes, right? And as Lou's alluded to, the par 73, there's three par threes. And so let's move them off the tables, at least 15 holes. Four of them are par fives, all reachable. Only one of them with a wood from, from most guys or some kind of long hybrid, long iron thing. The rest of them were mid-iron-ish kind of shots um, to, you know, five iron, seven iron sometimes. So effectively without the wind, you know, you end up with this sort of situation where, you know, let's pencil in a few birdies there. And then if you watch closely, there were at least, there's one par four they can drive, the 14th. Yeah, yeah. All right. There's at least one or there's at least two or three others that where they're flipping it from 50 to 70 yards max, right? I think on the front nine, it's the sixth hole. Um, yeah. On the back nine, it's uh, 13. Um, there's a wedge into 10, 11. I mean, the, I mean, the most they were tested into second shots was a nine iron or an eight iron on that front nine. It was slightly up uh, the uphill hole, a third or four, three or four. And I think someone hit it, Justin Thomas, I saw him hit a little keep down eight iron. That's the most you're going to test them. Then you're going to see this. I mean, ultimately, it looked like this golf course to me just didn't have any teeth at all. Like it, it, and they go low here even when it's windy. Yeah, yeah. they shoot twenty, thirty under here when it's windy. Um, As a fan of watching the game, actually, I had COVID, so I was watching a lot of this for the first time. I normally don't watch this event much, so I was laying around watching it. Um, I found myself just getting bored, you know, because it it felt like. I felt like I just, I just knew the exam wasn't hard enough. That's yeah, what it felt yeah. like to me. It just wasn't hard enough. Yeah. And now one off. Sure. Yeah. That was fun. Would I want to do this every week? Oh, please. No, please don't make me watch this every week. I need to see these guys actually face something that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I've, I don't really have much of an opinion on 34 under it's a fun thing to post on social media, for instance, because you know, it gets people, into an interesting debate. I mean, I just did some really basic writing down of what you were saying there, Lou. So par 73, 7,500 yards, no win, 10 and a half stimp. So my maths is pretty bad, Lou. So can you can you check my maths? Can you be teacher? Par 73, let's call it a par 70, if it's a, you know, a, a, a more aggressive event. Because we know this event is built around possibly the show and i'm sure they all enjoy going to that amazing part of the world and and so have it you know it doesn't feel like because uh, what's the field in that event it's small isn't it is, 38 the really it was 38 yeah. this year and sometimes it's been less than 30 some guys don't show yeah, up you know, really don't show up so it's a yeah i would i would have been so amazed to watch this as a full field event can you imagine 150 yeah. guys rolling around here <laughs> <laughs> would have been a 10 undercut it would have been unbelievable but anyway carry on but as in it's not much of a uh, it's not much of a um 
what can we call it? It's not much of a grinding event, is it? As in not even the field is grind. Everyone there is pretty happy with life, basically. So par 73, let's call it a par 70. He shot 34 under. If we make it a par 70, that's now 22 under. Lou, am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, no wins. If we put some wind on there, I'm going to knock it down to 19 under. And I'm pretty sure there's next to no rough at this course, isn't there? I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit the ball out. Well, yeah, rough. let me let me go through that. I have that right in front of me. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the first hole, uh, the 34% of the field hit the fairway on the first hole. Uh, the 14th hole, um, which is, is that one reachable? I forget. 48% of the field hit the fairway on that one. And then... Uh, 57% on the sixth hole. And then everything else is 72% above or above with seven holes over 80%. So they're wow. just in the fairway all day long. I think that I don't have the overall field average, but the overall field average is probably 83%, 84%. Yeah. Um, which is insane. What was the other one, Lou, that uh, other than the, because the first hole, you can almost take that stat out totally in a sense because there's actually, with the way that green is structured, the way it sits, it's actually a lot of guys who blow it left into the rough on purpose. There's some yeah. bunkers down the left. I think they just wing it down there. And the fairway's off to the right, and they don't really, you can, if you hit it longer down the left side, they're not even worried about hitting the fairway on that hole. So that almost takes that off the table. What was the other hole, Lou, you said? With a when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, 14, 14 was 49%. Oh, yeah, that's the yeah the one they're yeah. trying to drive. Basically. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, They're right. trying to drive that one. So when right. you remove those two things, I mean, the field average legit is, you know, low 80s to mid 80s. So they just don't miss fairways. So you right. put PGA Tour players in the fairway with ball in hand for a few of the rounds with no wind and soft conditions, and they're going to they're going to tear. I don't care what course you put them on. If they're hitting the fairway 80 plus percent of the time, in those kind of conditions, they're going to tear it up. They're just absolutely yeah. going to tear it up. I mean, and so I, me, I agree I'm with down. Greg. What to, to, I wanted to say too, I like 34 under, but I also like four over. Um, I, yeah, I love to 100%. watch shootouts and I love to watch defensive battles. I like a variety. If it was like this every week, I wouldn't like it. And if it was four over every week, I don't think I'd like that either. I like to see a little bit of variety and, and um, as we go through the year. Yeah, which I would agree with that is the variety. I mean, just back to my point, though. I mean, we're down to 19 under um, by just adding a little bit of wind. If we now add a little bit of rough or a decent amount of rough, I think we could knock that down to 17, possibly 15 under. Now we're getting into the realms of real scoring. If we add some bounce in there or make the greens uber fast or put the pins in trickier positions or a combination of either or, I mean, I think you are down at 15 to 12 under par winning, basically, which then means you will get the realistic cuts and what have you. It, it, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I agree with both of you. I, 34 under every week would be slightly funny to watch and unrelatable for the average viewer, basically, because I... I, I I think it's hard. They see 75 
for 7,500 yards. The other thing, this this course features a lot of slope, doesn't it? So I don't think this course plays 7,500 yards Not either, close. does it? So, no, yeah. and they do a good job of making all the long holes seem to play downhill and all the yeah. short holes are the ones up the hills. You know, like there's not there's not like not a lot there that's like, oh, my God, this is really going to test me out. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's yeah. what they want. Like you said, the, the first kickoff of the season and it, it gets yeah. guys down there, come and hang out in Maui. Who doesn't love that? Um, yeah. and, and a little cakewalk. What, what I always found as a player I found these weeks even harder in a sense because you roll in and you bogey the first, and you're like, oh my God, I've got a birdie, you know, yeah. every second hole coming in from the rest of the tournament now to be competitive, right? So, yeah, you don't want to get off to a bad start there, <laughs> right. do you? The goal is 34 under and I'm four right. over after seven. Right. I'll just get my coat, boys. Yeah, I'm done. I mean, there's something always mentally just a, just a mind-bending thing in those easy weeks i've done it before where you're driving to the course for your afternoon tea time on thursday and you're already 10 shots behind and it's like <laughs> dude i just i don't know if i can warm up this is like <laughs> yeah. pointless yeah right yeah. i just don't find those weeks as as enjoyable but you know one off it's like a candy bar you know it's it's good in moderation yeah, absolutely. And then I think what an interesting take on this one as well, because I think I posted before the event something like get ready for the ball and clubs wrecking golf, everybody, because I knew this event always shoots low scores. And also at this event, you get people driving ridiculous lengths because slope and wind like you had DJ one year that just got played over and over again, driving whatever length hole to not very far, you know, and everyone's oh, golf's ruined. It's not. It's down a 30 mile an hour wind and it's probably down a 20 yard slope. And he got 70 yards of roll. I think PGA Tour average is probably eight to 11 yards of roll off the top of my head. And he's just got 70. So like it's a, you know, it's an abstract place almost. Um, But what's interesting with this week is I didn't see the moaning so much because Cam, Cam Smith won, who isn't really known as one of the, people going out there ripping courses away with his rippling physique. He's a little bit more known for his mullet than <laughs> he, he is. is. Maybe yeah. is as well, he should be. As well, he should yeah, be. It is a class mullet. Like, if you wanted to have that, that is got to be the best mullet in golf, apart from apart from John Daly, who basically has owned the, the mullet for years. I reckon Cam is winning the mullet game there. But I thought that was quite interesting. Don't you think that Cam was the winner? It, to me, I don't know what if you saw it much to do online. It didn't. The world is ending in golf didn't seem to come up where normally each year I've watched this event on my socials for years and it's the same pattern. Oh, goals like they're in it too far. It's ruined and so on. What did you think? Did you see any of that this year, this week, uh, this year? No, I didn't see much of that, but I, I wondered, uh, Greg, if uh, for the champions tour, which is coming up for you here shortly, um, are you thinking about going with the mullet and the uh, mustache? Like, like Cam, <laughs> right. is that, is that in right. the cards for you? I'm curious. Uh, look, if I'm going to make, you know, what Cam's doing, millions of dollars a year, you sign me up. I'll wear, I'll wear a clown suit. I don't care what I look like. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, you're, you're right, mate. I, I, I used to be pretty vocal on Twitter and social media about length stuff, and I've kind of lost the energy for it. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of one of those things you, to me, um, I don't think they're going to make any major changes to equipment and things like that down the line. Um, certainly not after uh, our podcast. Yeah, I thought there were some interesting points. Apart from yeah. the quotes, there were some interesting points yeah. in there, wasn't yeah. there? I yeah. think you but could see that 
it's going to be hardly anything. So. Yeah, I, think, I, uh, I, I just, yeah, sorry, Lou. I just think they, um, um, it, it's kind of like, you know, peeing into the wind. I just don't see there's any point to it, you know. I, I just, uh, so I think they're going to do whatever they want to do and we've just got to kind of get on with it and enjoy what we get. And last yeah. week, if you enjoyed watching 34 Under, and I, I must be honest, there were parts of that I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, yeah. And then... I will enjoy watching someone get their backside handed to them when they've got to, you know, really yeah, fight totally. a US Open or a Tory Pines or something like that. So um, I think you just, you know, like we said, if, if, if you had to do it every single week, that'd be annoying. Uh, but you're yeah. right. There, there, there's definitely, when Bryson wins, there's definitely that radar goes up for, for power and length and things like that. And people start to fire up about the equipment. So uh, I just kind of lost a little energy for it myself. Yeah, no, I the other thing this. as well, which people forget, sorry, Lou, I will bring you straight back. But the other thing that people do forget with this event is two major manufacturers in the driver department have their release for their new driver around the time this event is on. So not every year, they're generally on 18 months, 20, you know, 24 month cycles. So what happens is you also get a lot of the media around the event it's, it's a great launch week for them because the event is about distance. They're in it phenomenal distances, down massive hills, down winds. Um, and then that just tags on to the fact that you've got two major manufacturers le- releasing equipment that's often visible in that event and it fills their social channels. Those two manufacturers also pay a lot of money to get on other social channels. So your PJ tours and what have you to get their here's our player testing the new driver in this beautiful environment. Even one of the commentators is in line with one of the manufacturers releasing that club. So it's like the perfect storm. If anyone wants to be a, a casual bystander and put up the alarm bell for distance is a problem, this is the great week for it because it's the perfect storm of all these things coming together, which at the end of the day, if you look behind the curtain, as you guys will know, it's just there to sell your product. It, it's not anything actually to do with the bigger picture that we tried to talk about and the USGA are talking about. Um, it's actually this little snapshot of a ridiculous extreme, which is why you then get this thing, I think, on social of people reflecting it back a little bit. Sorry, Lou, what, what were you going to say? Well, I wanted to give a little more context on Kapalua. So at the typical, yeah. at the typical, and this is why the scores were so low. So remember the conditions that they were playing in, but put those conditions aside for a second at Kapalua since 2004, that's when we start to have shot link data. Um, the typical, t- let me start with the typical tour stop, the typical tour stop uh, about 10, just over 10% of all holes that are played are a situation where a player is going for the green. So if we have 18 holes in a tournament, 10% of that's about 1.8. It's a little bit more than that. So the average across the field is about 1.9 holes where a player goes for it, the typical event. At Kapalua, it's 20.4%. So it's double what's the typical event is. And Kapalua is the number one course in the percentage of holes where a player is going for it. So and that was from 2004 before this year happened. So there's a huge chunk of holes that players are typically going for it at Kapalua. Uh, and I think one of the things that contributes to that is just how wide the fairways are. 
So the yeah, fairways are massive there. Uh, you get players, you know, 260, 270, whatever the number happens to be, you put them in the rough, they may think twice, they may catch a bad light, may not be an option. When you have some of the huge fairways that they have, it, it's really challenging to miss some of those fairways. They're just going to have more opportunities just from that fact alone. So when you when you combine um, how easy it is for them to go for it at Kapalua with the conditions they were playing in, you're going to see some low numbers. Um, and, and to Greg saying he doesn't he doesn't um, chat about um, distance and, and length online anymore. I think part of that is he got tired of me badgering him and his DMs <laughs> over it. <laughs> and I scared him off. <laughs> oh, it's just, you know what I you know what I noticed is that it doesn't matter uh, what well what what a terrible forum Twitter is for debates so um yes it does it does it doesn't matter what i say Uh, it's sort of it's lost i've only got enough characters to sort of explain anything so yeah but basically uh, i know i used to go back and forth with brandall a little bit um lou lou types as i've said in the past he types way too fast for me and i just don't have the time for this (laughs) he Um, tapped out he tapped i can't you win you win (laughs) (laughs) whatever i can't blame him Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, so I mean, really, at the end of the day, and I think this is a good point that Greg made, uh, I think we would all agree with this. It's the variety, isn't it? You need the 34 underpars, I think, as well, to appreciate the 10s and 15s and 12 under pars as well as then also appreciate the four overs and level pars and one over US Open style, doesn't it? And that's, that's for me personally, that it's that level of variety that golf needs to, to, to keep enjoying, hopefully. Greg, what do you think of that? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was curious to see what you guys think because I have my favourite staple, like my favourite score slash yeah. setup that I would prefer to watch week in, week out if I don't have these massive you know, differences between, I don't want to watch the U S open plus six every week, every day. Yeah. I do enjoy yeah. it. Cause it's a one-off. I don't want to watch 34 under, like we said, I certainly, I actually prefer to not watch that very much at all. Um, but as a fan of the game, I do have a staple like right around 10 to 12 under, um, you know, Houston open is probably the best example I can give you right now where they, yeah, they yeah. don't mow the rough right up to the edge of the greens. They let the ball run off. I've played there. You've got to chip the ball really well at Memorial park. There's a lot of that that I really I'll turn on to watch. There's some I'm curious as to what you guys look at and go, hey, this is what I love to watch um, yeah, when yeah. it comes to I golf. Mean, for me, I like to watch the names that I want to watch playing well at the same time. I don't have it built around a score really at all. So if I, let's say I'm watching Faldo, Norman, Seve, and Woosnam all competing at that same time like that's that's when i was watching lots of golf like i just i don't want faldo winning one week and norman missing the cut that's really disappointing or norman winning one week and Seve missing the cut or what have you i just want those names it because it's almost like it'd be like watching the lakers play against a is it 
what's the league below the NBA? I don't know what it's called. Is it the G League or something? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to watch the Lakers when they're playing well, play against the Warriors or play. Like, I, I want those Titan like clashes, and it's the same in golf. And if I ever watched football, and I don't really watch UK football soccer as America calls it, um, but I do watch the European Championships and I do watch the World Cup because. I don't want to watch Arsenal or Liverpool play Portsmouth, Aston Villa. I'm just not that dedicated to football for that. What I do want to watch is Messi playing for Argentina against Ronaldo trying to hold up Portugal. I just want those Titan-esque clashes. And this is where, and I know this isn't popular, this is where I think things like a Super League in golf, and they talked about it in football, as the casual watcher the idea of a super league in football to me would actually make me watch football that i don't watch now because if barcelona at the moment are playing against liverpool i'm probably going to watch that if it's on my telly like if i'm sat i'm not going to move my schedule around but if it's on telly and that's on i'm not turning that off that would engage me i can't be bothered to watch liverpool play against Tottenham, if Tottenham are 10th in the league, like I just don't care. Um, so I think it flipped is it that you got your your dedicated supporters, which I respect their opinion more than mine because I'm a casual supporter of watching these sports, but you also have a big industry in the casual supporters. I went to a couple of basketball matches, uh, games when I was in America, and what percentage of those people are playing basketball in those stands? Two percent, five percent. Do you know what I mean? And they're making millions and they've got a healthy league that does sell around the world. Obviously, it's predominantly America, but they sell it around Europe and what have you. And there's a part of me that just thinks like if golf could be a better product, because we do get Justin Thomas and Spieth and, and you know, all the best names playing constantly each week. So we get more Titan clashes. Possibly that's a solution. I'm not saying it is an answer. It's a lazy idea, but it's I get that idea as well. Lou, Lou what would be your desired event i I don't have any of them um as a golf fan i just like to watch the best players in the world and whether that's 34 under at kapalua whether it's it's 10 over at some tricked up u.s open course or whether it's watching greg and a few of the you know i'd love to get greg and faxon together and a few of the other best putters of the shot link era i'd watch them play miniature golf um, yeah, I just like watching professionals hit golf shots. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. what I, what I get tired of the same scores over and over again, probably. Um, but, uh, at, at the end of the day, I just tune in to watch good players hit golf shots. So I don't yeah. really have one style or one preference that, I, that cool. I lean yeah. towards. Well, I'm also just about to destroy my own idea of the super league. And this is why I think this is always, a, we should do a whole podcast on this, you know, the, you know, the elite league kind of idea. I also love watching Greg leading a major against Tiger. Do you know what I mean? Because what is beautiful with golf Mm. as well is you get the superstar can easily be taken on by, let's call, not calling you an underdog, Greg, because I totally respect your career, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that is also what is so fantastic with golf. And it does come out in golf. It comes out maybe more than other sports where you do get a contender, top five, top 10, who is this person that you relate to a bit more. They have got more of a human journey. You know, they're not Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods. They are 
you know, more relatable. So, you know, I think there's flip sides. For me, I just want Titan S clashes, but I do, I like the underdog as well. So I'm just going to contradict my own idea. Basically, I don't really know what I like by the sounds of it. You know, I just like watching Dolph <laughs> yeah. as well, Lou. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe I shouldn't be on the Super League committee for football or golf. I don't reckon I'm going to bring uh, any much, value just, to it. <laughs> just on that, Mark. Yeah, right. How much, how much of that Super League idea, whatever sport you choose, whether it's yeah. football or whatever, golf, how much does the history of an event play into that moment for you? Because it's a big deal for me. Yeah, like yeah. I, I really like I could if Barcelona and and you know Madrid or whatever roll out there today and play a game of football. If you get an exhibition match between the four biggest players of golf right now, or the top twenty or the top fifty, as an exhibition, I'm like, eh, whatever. Talk to me when it matters. Right. That's yeah, yeah. the part that I struggle with, with a lot of this sort of conjured events. I just sort of go, so that, that's, eh, that's, doesn't a matter really, to me. that's a really good question. And I'm maybe again, the worst person to ask this. So Bauhaus movement put a urinal in a gallery once and people called that urinal art. So basically you can make any event this is a blasé statement. Obviously, it's harder than the way I'm saying it, but you can make any an event a big enough statement if enough people say that it's a big enough event. That's right. the audience, the players, the sponsors, the media around it. There's a part of me that I don't like the control the majors have over golf. Like I think it's wrong. There's a part of me that I don't like their control over our sport. Um there's things with the open that I find really disappointing. Um, and I just think they've got this monopoly on this event, which they've earned and owned and no one's challenging for them. So they're not to blame, but there's another side of me and I love the open, but there's a part of me that just thinks like, it's like this self proclaimed event. Like anyone could make that event if they chose to obviously not as easy as that i get that um so i think in a super league they would be able to if marketed correctly they would be able to make the events worth what they need to be worth for everyone to engage with them obviously i've got no evidence or proof of history to back that up but i would believe as someone who works you could say in marketing in my life that you could turn i mean people are selling drivers still now all drivers go the same distance right, yeah. and two major companies have released two major drivers and they're going to claim that they're long but nothing's longer like we had the head of product testing categorically say nothing has changed in equipment in the last x years like but i could go online now and read the taglines of all these manufacturers and they're going to be saying this one's this and this one does this like they can sell nothing <laughs> so if they can do that i think people could could sell events um and also as well it was quite interesting i compare it to again basketball which is i know i talk about it a lot because it's such a new sport for me it, it fascinates me so in football in the uk and it's the same in golf you have people falling off the tour and coming on the tour and that's great and good as well but like in football you, you have people going down leagues and up leagues, you know, they shuffle around. 
in basketball, the teams don't go up and down leagues. They, the, the, the brands, the teams are just constant. It's the players that shuffle around. And what that does is it allows me as a new person to latch onto a mega brand, say like the Lakers, and understand a bit of their history straight away because I've not had to look out for their history where they fell out of a league and got relegated because they're just constantly in that NBA top league. So again, I'm really down the middle, 50-50. I do think you could make an event big enough. The history of the events that we've got at the moment, I respect them. It means stuff to me. But I think you could easily replicate what it means and build a different foundation if you wanted to. Um, I want to uh, I have to ask about this. You, you're talking about new equipment, Mark, and, and all the product launches. There was a really interesting uh, advertisement from back in the day posted on Twitter today with uh, Mr. Young, Mr. Greg Chalmers, uh, with yeah, the hippo driver. <laughs> What's the story there, Greg? We got we got to hear I that. Never, so. I never actually used the what hippo What was the headline? <laughs> the headline was fantastic. What hippo was and Chalmers. One of the game's greats. The big well, names in golf. Said yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, so there's there's Nicholas Palmer Woods dot dot Chalmers. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's it. Uh, yeah, one of the games greats. So yeah, I was sponsored by Hippo, and I had a bag and clothing deal. They never actually made, to my knowledge, never actually forced me or made me use left-handed clubs back when, you know. <laughs> Ian Woosnam was using their clubs. Russell Clayton yeah. played it a little bit. Remember yeah. Big Russell? Yeah. They made a good yeah. shirt. It was good. It was a good deal. It was a good golf Russell bag. Russell Clayton, too. that's a name from the past because he won an event as an amateur. Did he not? Did he not win an event as an amateur? But he, he used so, yeah. to free, he yep. free-handed, free-knuckled overlap. So where free overlap. I'm yep. doing it. Yeah. What? So if you think about your golf grip, mm. you've got an overlap no. and interlock baseball i don't know any tour players who use baseball it's generally a version of interlock and overlap he used the free finger overlap so when you looked at his club he's a big guy wasn't he, he just his hands just like a pack of sausages grabbing around the club mm. like, just a bundle of it looked fingers, like it was on a toothpick like it was just nothing yeah, yeah, so dude, he was class though because again, yeah, yeah. Bob he, Estes he, is the baseball grip. Bob Estes has done that. That's oh, the only that That's popped into my head. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I was gonna Bob say I didn't know of anyone who. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, Russell Clayton. Um, yeah. But that's again, that's where I'm useless at this because I'm totally. I see it. I can see good arguments on both sides. If you have a super league in something, you're not going to get a Russell Clayton, and uh, Russell Clayton is brilliant. Yes. Yeah, so any any time. And this is, you know, this is going to come up um, in the future if if this thing goes ahead with this Super League idea at some point. Anytime you have that, you have to have a feeder league into it. And where's that yeah. going to come from? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to have something that brings up your next lot of superstars. And so I don't know where that comes from if it's not PGA Tour related at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. who well, knows? I who mean- knows how that plays out? Between us, and I know Lou would agree with this because they used to always hammer me about this, and I know the European Tour that's not called the European Tour anymore won't like anyone saying this, but for me personally, as a golfer, I would see the PGA Tour as a Super League as we stand now. Like, if I'm shaking magic sticks, I'm playing the PGA Tour. I'm not choosing the old European Tour, DP World Tour, I think it's called now, is it? Um, I'm just not choosing that. 
if I've got a choice, I can wave my magic wand and I can play what I want. I'm playing PGA Tour all day long. Guys, would you, would you, I mean, Greg, you've played both. If you could choose from the outset, which one would you play? What would oh, you it was play? always, it was always that, but I think the, the, I don't want to say gap. I don't know how to phrase it any other way though. The, the difference I guess is, is glaring now when I was coming through in sort of mid nineties, the difference in purses and the perks well, yeah, it was always a little better to be over here. You know, we're in the same country. They got retirement packages, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was obviously the competition was awesome. Get treated awesome. Well, now that is even ramped up, but the purses is going nuts and only going to yeah. go more nuts um, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. next, you know, five to 10 years. So um, it's going to be crazy. I think the, the disparity between the PGA Tour level in terms of finances and the rest of, you know, the tours around the world, that doesn't mean they're not great to play on. Uh, plenty of guys yeah, do that, yeah. but you've seen that. I think you've seen that guys in the, you know, there was a period, there are a lot of players, the European based players who would stay in Europe predominantly or come over and play majors and all that kind of stuff. Now they're all like, no, I'm out, dude. I'm going yeah. over there. You right. know, the Rory's yeah. and the Westwoods and these kind of players. So uh, yeah, it's just, there's a big, big gap there. So, I mean, in effect for me, I see, I do see the PJ tour as a super league. And just as a side note, and again, we could do a full podcast on this. Maybe let us know on our social channels. If you want to hear us talk about this idea, I'm going to talk about now uh, a bit more. Uh, people talk about the pots getting bigger and how much they earn and people use the word gross and it's loads and all those kind of things. I, I don't think I'm worried about it. I want the PGA Tour and I'd like the DP World Tour to be equally as healthy. I want it to be, I want golfers to be megastars because megastars sell product and one of those products is our game. Um, you know, LeBron James sells basketball. There are people in that stadium, me for one, ticking off the LeBron James tick. Like I want to see that guy play the sport that he is world-class at. The more Tiger Woods that golf can breed, and we've bred arguably one of them in the digital age, because Jack might have been a Tiger Woods, but obviously he didn't have that media attention that um, Tiger gets, obviously, with the use of technology and what have you, and the way media has changed. Um, the more Tiger Woods golf produces, for me, uh, it's brilliant. As someone in the industry of golf, selling golf lessons, selling content, in effect, Let's get 50 Tiger Woods on that tour. Let's get them all earning millions, living the lifestyle, world and transcending out of their game. You know, not golfers. They are sports personalities. That For me, I just think that's perfect. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, Lou, I know we talked a little bit about before purses and stuff. I don't think you have a problem with them earning a truckload of money, do you? No, no, not at all. I mean, it's more power to them, so... I think it's uh, it's great. I mean, the concept of the Super League, um, I mean, some parts of it are interesting. Um, team yeah. golf would be interesting. Um, I enjoy college golf, and college golf is is played here in the United States in, in a team environment, and I enjoy watching that. So some of the Super Leagues where they've talk, talked about this notion of having teams together and playing together as a group is interesting. Um, and, and maybe some of my apprehension is just because it's that different and, and it, it's just so different that I, I think to myself, that's not how we've always done it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think golf's in a great spot regardless. Um, I don't think there's, there's uh, anything that they're going to do that could be, you know, that's going to cause too much of an issue. 
Um, even if a, this Super League thing does happen, I'm, I'm not going to stop watching golf. I'm not going to protest and go away and not tune in. Yeah. I'm going to watch it and be a fan of, of golf, regardless of where they're playing and, and what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, cool. There you go. Well, 34 under par, is it good or bad for golf? I think we would all agree it kind of just is golf, just one version of it. We wouldn't want to see it every week, but we also wouldn't want to see him wearing woolly hats and struggling every week as well. But it's the variety for most of us, I think, that we want to see. I think just for me, the main point with that event is that you just got to put into context some of the things they're doing. And I think sometimes because of the driver releases and the idea of promoting that these guys are in it and they are in it a long way, but they're in it further this week because people are launching product just maybe blows the story a little bit into like a tabloid story than a real golf story. Um, Cause I think when you boil down the numbers, you are going to end up at 15 under par. If that course is set up like it is week in week out, basically variety. So I, I'm holding, and I didn't talk about this earlier, but I'm holding the golf digest 1963 annual review. It's a long time ago. Obviously. Uh, a long time ago. <laughs> you got one of them, Greg? And, and some of the winning <laughs> stories. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone <laughs> anyway. says to me. Um, so some of the winning scores in there, 263, 263, 264, 265 from that year. That's a long time ago. Um, yeah. uh, Cam was 258. Um, yeah. So there was a number of events back then that you know they went low on occasion. Uh, did they go low all the time? No, not at all. Are they shooting better scores today than they were back then? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, going low is, you know, it's happened before. And will we see 34 under again this year? Mm, I doubt it. I don't think so. Um, but if we do, I'll still watch. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I got to quiz you guys gotta... on something. Go ahead. They just got to lose a couple of lawnmowers there at that plantation course. And yeah. Fairways. ADR <laughs> fairways ain't it. Like, come on, bring the rough in. Let's go. <laughs> we yeah. should nip over for a holiday the week before, Greg, and just uh, yeah. chuck a few off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, guys, you don't need this. Just, you know, watching these guys drive it down the right side of eight, 18, it just kicks on down. And I'm like, come on, grow some rough up there. Something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so well, I saw something online about albatrosses at PGA Tour events, albatrosses. And um, I was curious as to how, how often they happened. And I was surprised. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put this in the context of what are the, cha- what are the chances it happens at an event? Uh, so the entire field at one event. So what are the what are the chances you'll see an albatross in a given week? Uh, I don't understand. Okay, how would I answer that? I mean, I would say in a year. I'm going to guess so in a year. If we have a hundred events, at, let me let me just say, if I went yeah, back to 2004, events, okay, I right, and I picked hundred events, how many of those events five. would there be an albatross? Five. Mm. Mm. Two. Five events. Nine. Who did you say, Greg? Two. I two. Said he said two. two. It's oh, this seems so rare. The answer, really... the answer is nine. So since 2004. So did I win? <laughs> yes, you're the winner, Mark. You, well you done. Won. Um, <laughs> I found this to be shocking. So since 2004, I have it right here. There's, there were, there's been, there were 653 events and 60 of them um, had an albatross. 60 out of 653 had an albatross. Four of those. Four of those events had two albatrosses in the same event. 
um, which is which is crazy. I, I never thought it would have been that much. I was blown away by how often they make albatrosses on the PGA Tour. Nine percent of the events have them. Useless the of fact the story of is the they're week. good. Yeah, thanks for that, Lou. We'll end on that. I like that useless that fact. We thirty four under par is fine as long as it's not every week. And nine albatrosses per hundred event. Is that what and, you said? Nine per hundred? Yeah. And Greg is growing a mullet. So that's item number and three. Is, <laughs> look forward to that. Yeah. Three weeks down. Let me get the green light on my, from my wife on that one. And see how that goes. <laughs> maybe, maybe me and you growing a mullet would be even better. Uh, that wouldn't money. work out. That wouldn't work you out. look like you barely reached puberty on the... On that's, the, the <laughs> that's the only haircut, if you think about it, me and Luke could actually grow, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> from the backside. It, it doesn't grow on the top part anymore. Only exactly. on the Back. we've got built-in mullet settings we just choose to shave it off there we go thanks for listening everybody happy 2022 let's have a great dolphin year and a great year health-wise as well hopefully for the world and um, thanks for listening as always we'll catch you in the next podcast